Hi everyone, I'm Lindsay LaValle. Welcome to Rush Hour, the congestion of human trafficking in America. In this podcast, we will address the problem that is human trafficking, not only to spread awareness, but to share information that will help keep you and your community safe. Rush Hour is brought to you by The Wolf Group, powered by eTactics. Today we're joined by retired police chief Jack Hall. Thank you so much for joining us, Jack. You are currently running for Lorain County Sheriff, correct? Well, Lindsay, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure and an honor to be invited by you to speak about uh, this very serious topic. And uh, yes, I am currently running for Lorain County Sheriff uh, for the 2024 election. This has been one of the themes of our campaign that we're very passionate about. And so that's uh, one of the other big reasons I'm very happy that you had us on the show that we could talk about this. Yeah, that's great. I, I really appreciate it. And I know you and I have known each other a little while. And I, I know this is definitely a, a passion of yours and something that you've worked very hard to combat. So thank you so much for your service to your community and also for making this a priority where I don't think it always is, as we know. So um, how's the campaign going? <laughs> so far, it's loaded question or what? Lindsay, it's been very, very busy. Uh, we've mm-hmm. had a tremendous amount of support uh, from everybody in the community all over Lorain County. And um, the best thing that we just uh, did is we had a one of our donors come forward and they provided a $10,000 donation through the campaign to the endowment fund at Cleveland State University. So we were able to train about 200 law enforcement officers last November 9th and 10th in downtown Cleveland CSU in regards to not just practical knowledge or identification of human trafficking, but the actual practical application of investigative techniques and how to appropriately present and prepare a case for prosecution against traffickers. Yeah, no, that's that's remarkable. So definitely, thank you. So we'll kind of jump right in. I've got some questions to ask you. So could you give us a quick history of the work you've been doing in the anti-trafficking field and a little bit about how you got involved? Well, to be honest with you, Lindsay, this was kind of new to me as well. Being in law enforcement for 32 years, uh, we've heard of human trafficking. I, as well as every other law enforcement officer in the state, received one hour of uh, Mm -hmm. mandated human trafficking training, but there's never been any type of emphasis, especially Mm -hmm. on the investigative and enforcement end. So when we started researching what were the main things affecting people in our area, the topic of human trafficking came up and it was like, well, okay, but you know, is is this this big of a deal in Lorain County? And how naive I was mm. a year and a half ago when we looked at this. And when we found out where Ohio ranked nationally, you know, fourth or fifth in the country as far as, and those are just reported, we were like, wow. And then Lorain County being the ninth largest county in the state of Ohio, but more importantly, learning about the infrastructure of the interstate system, the turnpike system, how people are moved and transported throughout the Midwest and why Ohio has such high numbers is because of our, just our intense artery system of our interstates between Cleveland and Detroit and Pittsburgh, New York and Chicago. So when we look at that, I checked into it and found out that during all this time, even though that we had more turnpike exits for than any other county, that has a turnpike running through it. We have probably one of the largest turnpike plazas in terms of the amount of people that go through that plaza on a daily basis, both on the east and westbound lanes of the turnpike. And that I found out we only had one arrest 
since 2013 when human trafficking became, you know, law under the OI revised mm -hmm. code. I was like, this absolutely cannot be with, you know, the That's seventh right. most populous state in the country leading, you know, in the top five of human mm -hmm. trafficking cases that are reported. And then the size of Lorraine County, its proximity to Cleveland and the most turnpike exits than any other county. I thought, how can we not be doing anything yeah. about this? Mm -hmm. And so we decided to embark uh, in November 21, actually, uh, we embarked on the campaign of doing education for the public. And we always look at Lorraine County as the three Lorraine counties, the urban, the suburban, and the rural. Mm -hmm. So we set up our urban location was our first one was at downtown Lorraine at the uh, Palace Theater. And we had quite the showing for that. And unfortunately, um, we also had two reported human trafficking cases present themselves at the end of the training. And when we did that, we thought we just doubled the yeah, amount of cases that were um, prosecuted mm -hmm. in Lorain County since 2013. So uh, COVID, of course, uh, struck its ugly head again with mm -hmm. the new strain. So our suburban Lorain County, which was supposed to be at Avon, had to go virtual. Uh, with that, though, that gave us the opportunity to bring onto the panel a young lady by the name of Kate Zach, and she is from Newcastle, England, in the United Kingdom. And Kate's story is, is that she was trafficked to the United States through the porn industry. She thought that she was coming over for a promising modeling career. Kate had a three-year-old daughter at the time. Mm -hmm. So this was going to be a quick trip. She told her family she'll be to uh, Los Angeles and back within a week. They never got to Los Angeles. They got to Las Vegas was the furthest that they got. And Kate was in the middle of the adult film uh, video awards that was taking place. And she was in the middle of a porn convention when she landed oh there. They took their, her passport, they took her phone. And uh, now she had to pay off and work her way back to get back home to the United Kingdom. So instead of a week, she was here a couple of years in the United States. And then we had our third and final presentation, which was in the rural Lorraine County, which was at Wellington. And here's what the amazing part of that story was. Kate's friends and church members in England raised money to fly her over to the United States oh, so she could actually be live on that panel with us in Wellington. With all the stories you hear, there's survivors of human trafficking being involved with Carolyn has co-founded the Lake County Collaborative to End Human Trafficking. And... It's just been a great collaborative working relationship. So we have to make sure that we're leading those efforts to stomp out this heinous crime that's taking place not only in Ohio, but all over the world and bringing more attention to it, not only from a public awareness standpoint, but from a law enforcement investigative and prosecutorial standpoint. Thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing. And I think approaching it how you did in the tiered approach, it was probably quite beneficial because you're not going to necessarily talk to folks in urban areas in the same manner that you would explain how it would happen in a rural area, right? Because it kind of looks different. So what are some changes you think that need to be made on the law enforcement side? Well, Lindsay, the biggest thing that we need to do is look at not only doing the training, what we need to do is setting the example as a sheriff's office, since you're the chief law enforcement officer in the county, is to say, not only are we going to give you the training, but we're going to start establishing human trafficking investigations, a human trafficking task force, and making mm -hmm. sure that we have the appropriate training and also set goals for what we want to look at, our problem areas. In Lorain County, like I said, we have more turnpike exits than any other county in Ohio. And with that in mind, we have to start focusing on 
preemptively investigating these cases by meeting with the housekeeping staff of the hotels in those areas, doing some surveillance on the traffic coming in and out, teaching the front desk clerks, the uh, housekeeping staff to be able to identify signs of human trafficking and not be afraid to reach out to law enforcement to say, hey, I think something's suspicious. And of course, Lindsay, not everything is going to pan out to sure. be you know, a human trafficking case, sure. but at least let's be aware and shed some light on that. So that's the preemptive step that we have to do is start laying the foundation. And then we bring our municipal law enforcement partners in from a task force perspective. And we say, okay, this is what we're doing. These are your leads. These are the front desk clerks, the hotel staff, the tattoo artists, the beauticians, everybody else that we're going to be talking with about putting those contacts out there. So there's a face to go with a business card when it gets handed off to somebody and no one's afraid to call. A lot of times people don't even want to call dispatch. I, I right. For 32 years, I've heard this. I know your husband, Steve's heard this too. Is like, I didn't want to call you guys because I didn't want to bother you. Mm -hmm. It's our job mm -hmm. you know, to be bothered. Then what we have to do is that we have to bring all those resources together and we have to focus at particular areas of time, you know, especially around the holidays, large events that come to Cleveland. And then we just start doing stings and we start focusing operations around those events to make sure that not only one, we're combating the human trafficking issue, but also making arrests and publicizing those arrests that we made to kind of take away the desire to even want to go out and seek, you know, somebody for uh, mainly sexual trafficking in those cases. And then in addition to that, too, is making arrests in labor trafficking to make businesses in the area aware that, uh, yes, this labor might be way more expensive, you know, that you're looking for, but it's illegal for you to be doing this and be able to publicize that enslave labor for the purposes of working in your business or your factory, well, that's not going to be tolerated either. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that we get that message out, not just through public awareness, but the fact that law enforcement is actually taking some action to combat this. You know, a lot of training out there tells you what to look for, but then what, right? So I think even just changing the mindset of police officers, something that I am very much a stickler on is words matter. And so, you know, I read a post the other day or a, an article that was shared on LinkedIn of a task force in Texas. Um, and it was a great sting and, and it was a, you know, great operation. It went down and they arrested a bunch of different people within a trafficking scenario. But then the headlines read prostitution ring broken up or something to that effect. And, you know, the whole idea of not labeling someone a prostitute until you have actually exhausted every um, victim, you know, centered approach. Changing that mindset within law enforcement is likely going to be an uphill battle for you, my friend. But I think it's, it's you know, the beneficial part. And I think if anyone could do it, it's you. The other thing I wanted to just say was that I've heard multiple times that a lot of times, you know, law enforcement officers who don't get enough training, but the dispatchers get even less. So having them trained to know how to deal with those calls when they come in, I think is also just a huge piece to that puzzle as well, because a lot of times they're going to be the folks that actually are your front line talking people through what to do and things of that nature. But I think going out into hotels, speaking to pizza delivery guys and speaking to, you know, people that working at the rest stops and the gas stations, all of those people, truck stops, just getting them educated and so that they're able to recognize it. I like the word exhausting uh, <laughs> you uh, used. And the reason why that kind of stuck with me is because we have too many cases, a recent one 
in our area too that I was a little disappointed with. Uh, they made a single arrest on a subject that was involved in human trafficking. And at least from the outside appearance and not seeing you know, what the actual case report or anything else, it seemed like they stopped at that one individual. They made their human trafficking arrest. And this was a, a bona fide trafficking arrest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, you know, me still being a, you know, deputy sheriff here in Northeastern Ohio and understanding, you know, some of the cases that are going on and being involved, I looked at that case and I thought, okay, he was the low hanging fruit. He's got right. two and a cousin that are more heavily involved in this case than he was mm -hmm. and there just appeared to be absolutely no attempt whatsoever to take the case any further it was like they made the arrest had the big splash news conference and then you never heard anything mm -hmm. else and a matter of fact uh I, I had to go back and look up the court docket you know to see well was, was the guy even convicted yet or you know it was just like you never heard anything after the arrest right. was made and so when we talk about exhausting it can't stop there because mm -hmm. human trafficking is one of the largest criminal enterprises in the world. This right. guy, his sisters and his cousin, they're just not this uh, isolated cell of people operating, you know, in Lorain County in Northeast Ohio. There's a now, they're usually connected with other people and the investigation, especially with the human trafficking case, you can never stop you know, mm -hmm. just with the single arrest. What sort of human trafficking training were you a part of during your time in law enforcement? I know you said it wasn't much. Um, and do you think it was effective? I think I know the answer to this, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your answer is one hour to none. Right. right. And uh, with that in mind, nothing was very effective. Unfortunately, the way that continuing professional education has gone for law enforcement in the state of Ohio prior to just recently is, is that uh, we jokingly called our CPT or continuing professional training the flavor of the month. So something would happen. Uh, fentanyl, for example, mm. um, you know, we have the fentanyl problem. Oh, now we have to train officers on fentanyl. Our training always seemed a step behind yeah, whatever else it was. A lot of times in the past, the state of Ohio never took training very seriously. So they waited for a sponsor you know, to be able to put the money up to say, hey, we're going to reimburse law enforcement back for this training. Instead of the state of Ohio just saying, hey, you have to have 40 hours a year. Mm -hmm. uh, Lindsay, if you sell insurance in the state of Ohio, up until last year, the mandatory training hours for you to renew your insurance license was far more than that of a police officer. One year we would need 16 hours. Another year we would need four. Another year we would need none. And there were several of those. So it's been a dismal uh, track record of training in human trafficking in this state. And again, being elected sheriff and having the full force of the Buckeye State Sheriff's Association behind you too, those are things that those are lobbying efforts that, and those are very positive lobbying efforts, is going forward to the state and saying, hey, we need to make sure that our officers you know, have this in their training curriculum every year it needs to be updated. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I look at a lot of times in some of these very small departments, when you have a two-person department or a, you know, 12-person department or something, it's like, can you really service the community with having that few people and being able to 
professionally attend the training and do all of that. And that's, again, that's where your county sheriff's office comes into place because, again, it should be the example and the pinnacle law enforcement agency mm -hmm. in the county and being able to provide even those smaller departments to reach out in a collaborative effort and say, come on board because we need everybody up in this county at a certain level of training and we're going to help you do that. Yeah, and work together. I mean, that's, that's a huge thing. And I think you're right. I love that you said that. I, I think of human trafficking as like this 1980s sci-fi blob that's just like over the world right now. And that, you know, like every person that's like in the fight is kind of stabbing at it on their own. But it's like if government agencies and nonprofits and for-profits all came together and like collaboratively went after that blob, then it would start to break apart better, right? So I think that's the same, it's the same approach if, if sheriff's department and the state highway patrol and the, the local municipalities or the little teeny towns that have one police officer we, we may know right. some place like that right um that they all come together and and educate one another and work together as a team the other thing i think is just vitally important is making sure that the people who are paying for this sex the people who are paying or who are labor trafficking these people you mentioned that before but that they know that is not okay and i think at the training the state of new york i think it was mentioned that they would do stings and they would set up online accounts and pretend they were selling whatever right at services and they would let this conversation go on a few times and then they would just send out a mass message from the state of new york that you know paying for sex is illegal in the state of new york and you will be prosecuted and how much it declined um, and i thought that was just an amazing approach um, well one of the things that we look at too when we talk about being inclusive is to look at law enforcement agencies or other government or community services that nobody has thought about and when we talk about labor trafficking the eeoc at the federal level has a phenomenal investigative staff and phenomenal resources that would be more than happy to come into the county or the community to assist mm -hmm. and set up the same type of sting you know that we're talking about with sex trafficking and do that with labor trafficking and be able to have those resources i think you're right but it's equally as horrible if not more in a lot of cases like what you mentioned with the woman that was brought over from the uk i mean that's that's awful. She was kind of a double whammy, I guess, in that case. But, yeah, labor um, and sex trafficking. Yeah, right? so, you know, that's that's crazy, but it's, it's definitely something we have to think about. In your opinion, what professionals need to be trained on human trafficking awareness? Well, uh, fortunately, the medical community right now is uh, really stepping up in regards to, uh, in the past, it was just, uh, they would combine a sane or sexual assault nurse examiner and it's like well um, many of these people are sexual assault victims so therefore you need to take care of them that way and getting to know human trafficking survivors they will tell you that they are just not a sexual assault victim they're a sexual assault victim they are chemically dependent they have psychological issues so there's so many different factions that come into play with the human trafficking survivor that you have to have the appropriate industries to be trained such as the hospitality industry that's where a lot of this starts is with your hotel motel interdiction that's going on then somebody's going to end up in an emergency room somebody's going to end up coming into contact with law enforcement uh the other area that we forget about we made sure that we had addressed this in the training that we did in cleveland there were some clergy 
that we invited uh, there as well. And when we were going through the training, and I, I didn't see an outline of the training before we went through it, one of the things that they suggested is if you're going to have a human trafficking sting, your base of operation should be at a church because mm -hmm. that'll be one of the most neutral, hopefully, locations. Somebody yes. doesn't have a spiritual issue <laughs> with a certain right. type of religion right. or anything else. Right. But you, you don't want Comforting. your base of operations to be the police department because... Or the hotel. Uh, the, yeah, the, the victim may be adverse to that. The victim may be adverse to, you know, the hotel, as you said. And so, therefore, you look at the church as kind of that neutral site where everybody can come together. The victim advocates can be there. Law enforcement can be based out of there. And I am so happy that we did invite uh, clergy to the training as well because that was an eye-opener for them. And to be able to say, hey, if law enforcement ever comes to you and say, we would like to utilize your church for this type of operation, yes. I'm sure any type of pastor would look at that initially yeah. and say, are yeah, you what crazy? the heck? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why and you yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now they know. So that was a whole nother vocation that we didn't even think about. Uh, Lindsay, the other great industry that's out there that has received a lot of training and they've done this on their own is the over the road truck driving, mm -hmm. you know, business as well. And, right. and the drivers that are involved in that, they have their own um, organization that they use to uh, report human trafficking and they're very organized, you know, when it comes to that as well. And so a lot of people don't think that, you know, the people that are delivering pigs and Amazon packages mm -hmm. <laughs> and, right. you know, everything else and fuel, everything that makes this country run, uh, the, the over-the-road truck drivers are some of our best trained human trafficking mm -hmm. uh, observers that we have yeah. out there. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I read a few articles recently about, you know, truckers that have, have reported and really have helped or have have had literal victims come up or survivors come up to their truck and say, I need help, you know, kind of thing. And right. And it's interesting that that they would look at a trucker as kind of a neutral person um, that might be able to assist them versus, you know, maybe going to a police officer or something. But that the truckers are, are well versed and trained in that in that way is, is pretty incredible. Right. And then, um, unfortunately, so, many truck stops also being used for, yes, you know, prostitution exactly. as well. So. If somebody's listening and they feel like, oh my gosh, this is me, what would be some advice that you might give them, you know, next steps type advice? Well, unfortunately, Lindsay, the person who's being trafficked many times, uh, the reason why they're trafficked initially is it's because uh, they weren't getting love at home, especially when it comes to younger children. Uh, many trafficking victims could be chemically dependent on something. Uh, also, many trafficking of victims may be um, financially dependent. The person who's being trafficked many times are not going to see it themselves. And so, therefore, we have to make sure that those of us that are on the outside watching somebody that we suspect could be a victim of human trafficking, that's when we have to step up and we have to say, you know, ask them if they're okay. We have to report it. We have to look at this, you know, circumstances. So many times, Lindsay, it's going to take the outside person to be able to identify that than it is the survivor themselves. Do you have a website or social media that you would like to share for listeners? Well, many a times, of course, I think you're well aware we do post many of our um, um, activities that we're involved in and also our community training and that's hallforsheriff.com which is h-a-l-l-f-o-r sheriff 
S-H-E-R-I-F-F.com. I have to spell that out because uh, mm -hmm. my wife's going to kill me if she's hearing this. She always spells sheriff wrong. Yeah. The minute I head back downstairs, I'll probably be struck in the head cell, you know. <laughs> but um, we will put many of those, um, um, you know, training sessions mm -hmm. that we have coming up. Uh, we are very um, fortunate to be made aware through the trafficking organizations in Northeastern Ohio, what type of training that they're coming up with. Uh, also co-sponsoring that training with them. We're very proud of that. And then the other thing is, is to kind of take a different tact on this. Uh, we just had our campaign kickoff. We looked at kids in the area and we had put it out there to uh, organizations, clergy and that. We said, hey, we would like to honor you know, kids anywhere between, you know, juniors and seniors in high school and then just graduating college about the civic contributions that they've made to the community. Well, we had 11 individuals, Lindsay, and they're all on our website uh, that were recognized. And four in particular were from an organization called ACES in Lorraine. And these young ladies that the organization had made available to be recognized were absolutely amazing because you know, we talk about human trafficking. And if you read each of those young women's stories on our website, any one of them is the exact same story when you hear the story of a survivor in human trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, any one of those young women could have ended up as a story later on down the road at a training seminar that we're putting on. How did I become a survivor of human trafficking? For well, sure. Lindsay, they were never made a victim in the first place. And a lot of that had to do with community organizations, things that I would like to do as sheriff that we get involved with, with making sure that those organizations are supported by law enforcement and recognized and making sure that, um, people make the right choices and don't end up in the situation to be a victim in the first place. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. And so one of the things we like to close on, and you kind of touched on some of this as we've been chatting, um, but one of the things we like to close on is just a word for Main Street, as we like to call it. So just some words of wisdom for moms and dads and kids and, you know, folks that are just on Main Street, like the folks that you've been training and along your path and just some words of wisdom that you can leave. Well, unfortunately, Lindsay, I hope it doesn't sound too simple what I'm about to say, but it just basically comes down to being aware and love your kids and love your neighbors and make sure that we help them by preventing them from getting involved in anything heinous like this in the first place. Yeah, no, and I think that's not too simple. I think we all have to be part of a village and, you know, mm -hmm. it, it takes a village to raise a kid, but um, we also have to be members of that village for others. So I, I love that. I think that's excellent advice. I think Bill said it in one of our podcasts, but just dinner table conversation, you know, get to the dinner table with your family and sit there right. and have that conversation and be involved and put down phones and social media and tablets and video games and talk to your kids, you know, make them put it down and make them talk to you and all, all of those. Exactly. Things. But, um, but no, I really appreciate it, Jack. You're always such a joy to speak to. And I thank you for the work that you're doing. And I am excited to uh, eventually call you Sheriff Jack Hall. So that'll be, that'll be exciting. Um, and thank good you, luck Andrew. on your campaign. I really am proud of the work you're doing. So thank you everyone for listening. Everyone stay safe.